0: learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, it's that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare care related fields to keep you a beat ahead.
1: I'm Dr. Marilyn Singleton and welcome to America Out Loud Pulse, always a beat ahead. When I was in grammar school, we practiced every Monday at noon, hiding under our desks in case an atomic bomb was dropped. Looking back, being in a Navy town that would probably take a direct hit, the desk was pretty useless. I'm glad I was in Catholic school and we had plenty of prayers and a fast track to heaven. By the time I started high school, There is the October 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis, where the USSR deployed nuclear-armed missiles in Cuba, 90 miles away from us. Then there was the threat of terrorists and dirty bombs after 9-11. Now the saber-rattling over Ukraine has put nuclear war worries back in the forefront. There are thousands of nuclear weapons around the world, and now they're 20 to 30 times more powerful than the ones used in Japan. In the 1983 movie War Games, I do suggest that movie, NORAD had a computer, the War Operation Planned Response supercomputer, and it learns over time that nuclear war is as futile as winning a game of tic-tac-toe between two good players. In case anyone hasn't played tic-tac-toe, it's what you call a zero-sum game, that if both players are playing at their best, then neither player will win. The computer concludes that the only winning move in nuclear war is not to play. To heighten our fear level, we have people going on and on about climate change and stopping the use of fossil fuels, and it's got to happen. Like, Right now, and they suggest windmills. Of course, windmills are unreliable and inefficient. They kill birds, and now it looks like they kill sea life. And solar users may find they have to pay twelve 000 to twenty-two thousand dollars for a battery system if they discover the solar panels aren't adequate during non-sunlight hours. So, why aren't we talking about reliable, clean nuclear energy? Because nuclear is a word that pushes the fear button. My guest today, and I will talk about all things nuclear, I am so honored to have Dr. Yehoshua Sokol from the Department of Electrical and Electronics Engineering at Jerusalem College of Technology. He is an interdisciplinary physicist by training. He's got a Master's of Science in Optics and a PhD in High Energy Physics, both from Israel's Weizmann Institute of Science. He also holds a Master's of Science in Material Science from MISIS, University of Science and Technology in Russia. I say MISIS because apparently those used to be letters that could be initials, but I guess... I don't know, maybe Dr. Sokol could explain why it's not translatable in Russia anymore. But anyway, he's published over 50 papers in peer-reviewed scientific journals. He was a steering committee member of the Nuclear Power One International Conference and chair of the Academic Forum for Nuclear Awareness. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sokol.
2: Thank you very much, Marilyn.
1: It's so fun to talk to you in Israel. I just think, talk about a miracle of modern science, that here we are thousands and thousands of miles away, and we can have this great discussion. So <laughs> yes, before we start, I'd just like you to go through some of the definitions of some of the words that we're going to hear and that we hear used when nuclear energy or radiation uh, is is discussed. Like, maybe just start off, what is ionizing radiation?
2: Okay. Uh, Let's uh, say so. In very simple terms... When we speak about radiation, uh, heat, radio frequency, just radio and light is non-ionizing radiation, while ultraviolet, X-rays and more energetic is uh, ionizing radiation. Going to some more physical details, ionizing ion is uh, an atom which has electric charge. It means it's an atom which has either uh, extra electrons or some uh, of its electrons uh, are lacking. And these ionized uh, atoms, so ion is. uh, atom with extra electric charge, they have just very different chemical properties. I'm not sure that all these physical details are very important to the audience. I just want to illustrate this thing by one uh, non-physical, I would say, example. the normal temperature of our body is uh, 36.6 degrees Celsius, let's say so. And the person can withstand at least uh, 4 degrees more for some reasonable time. However, if we speak about ionizing radiation, the lethal dose of ionizing radiation is that uh, causes the um the heating of the body by just one of a thousand of uh, one thousandth of a degree so we can withstand 4 degrees uh, being heated but only one uh, of 1000 degree let's say 4000 times less by ionizing radiation that's the reason of the toxicity of ionizing radiation.
1: Okay, well, now we hear all the time ads on television to get these radon detectors in our house. So, radon is that ionizing radiation that it, it naturally occurs, so we're we're getting it all the time.
2: Well, radon uh, first of all is a chemical subst- substance. It's an inert uh, gas like, like helium, which is used uh, for uh, pumping uh, pump balloons, uh, like argon, which is used in many metallurgical processes and so on. So radon is chemically uh, is an inert uh, noble gas, however, uh, it is also radioactive, radio this gas uh, is produced by the radioactive radio decay of, uri, uh, of uh, uranium, and that's why it's uh, present in uh, different locations uh, based just on uh, geology that uh, we know, sometimes we don't know. Uh, so. Uh, uh, it's a chemical subst- substance which is intrinsically radioactive.
1: So everybody on Earth then is exposed to some level, and I guess it depends on where you live and whether you dig yes, it. sure. Uh,
2: okay. uh, we have other sources of ionizing radiation, uh, uh, mainly the cosmic radiation. I'm not speaking about the medical uh, ionizing radiation, we which is more than world is something about uh, seventy-five percent of uh, an average person's uh, ionizing radiation uh, yearly burden.
1: So we're just getting we're getting it from the sun then also.
2: Uh, well from sun we uh, we have ultraviolet radiation mm. which uh, can also may be very harmful as all of us know not for not by chance we use we use protective creams we try to dress up when we are exposed to direct sunlight it's because of the uh, ultraviolet radiation which is also ionizing
1: okay thank you this is really helpful um i have one other specific question and then um i'll let you talk about all the different ways you measure the radiation what can you describe what radioactive half-life is uh
2: sorry uh you asked about measuring the radiation
1: well first we hear all the time uh talk people talking about the half life of something what is that
2: okay the, uh, there is a very interesting uh, physical phenomena that some substances let's say what something about 2000 uh, substances uh, known today uh, decay with uh, time simul- uh, just Uh, just because uh, they are created in this way. And uh, we have uh, on Earth something about 100 uh, elements. And uh, each of these elements has many isotopes. Some of these isotopes are stable. Most of them are unstable. Those who are unstable decay with time. Now, what is extremely interesting is that all the isotopes, without any exception, decay according to one single law. Let's say if after some time half of the isotope decayed, then after the same amount of time, half of the rest will decay, and so on. The only difference, while a very big difference, is this time, which can be called half-half time. So for some isotopes, uh, this time is several seconds. For some isotopes, like uranium, for instance, this time is uh, uh, several uh, hundred thousand years. For some isotopes, uh, which are used in medicine, it's several minutes. For some isotopes, it's hours and so on. Maybe uh, uh, all of uh, the listeners have heard about what's called radio, uh, uh, radiocarbon dating or carbon dating. Yes.
3: based on
2: the fact that the um, carbon that we have in the atmosphere has, uh, as a matter of fact, two main isotopes. One is stable. It doesn't decay at all, as far as we know. It's called carbon-12. Another isotope, which is called carbon-14, decays with time and with half-life of about 600 years, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 6,000 years, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, so after 6,000 years, only one half of the initial uh, amount of, of carbon-14 remains. And after additional 6,000 6, years, one quarter. And after additional 6,000 years, one-eighth, and so on.
1: Okay, so it takes a long time in this sort of stepwise way that you would get down to negligible. It almost seems like, you know.
2: for carbon. However, if you uh, speak about uh, medical sources that are used for imaging, Now they are made, I don't remember uh, the exact uh, uh, isotopes, but they have a half life of about, let's say, 10 minutes.
3: Mm. It means
2: that after uh, you inhale or drink or uh, receive these isotopes intravenously, and then after 10 minutes, uh, it means that the process, the image, the medicine, the medical imaging takes uh, place immediately within several minutes, and well, after uh, one hour, the um, concentration, the radioactivity, is already negligible.
1: Well, that's good to know. And that'll, you know, I'm sure that rests people's minds when many people have gone in and gotten various scans where they get a a tiny injection of some sort of radioactive material. So it highlights the scan so the doctor can make a better diagnosis. Okay. Then what we'll go into next, and we'll probably have a little time before the break. Here are some of the definitions of how you measure radiation. So when people read about it, they'll know what kind of units that we're talking about. So go for it.
2: Uh, Well, uh, there are two kinds of units. The units of radioactivity and units of uh, dose or dose rate. So radioactivity is uh, measured in uh, in some uh, number of decays per second, and the radioactivity uh, units are Becquerel or Curie. Uh, they do not have a direct uh, conversion to the radiation dose, but just know that when you hear about uh, Curie or microcurie and so on, it's the radioactivity. When you uh, speak, uh, when you hear Rangen or REM or RAD or GRAY or Sievert, there are five uh, uh, units, it's the dose, how much radiation you have. So uh, without going into uh, details, I w- want to say that the uh, world average of the ionizing radiation background is something about one quarter of gray per year, per year, which is, uh, um, uh, sorry, 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 sorry. It's one uh, one quarter of uh, rad per year, while rad is one uh, hundredth of a gray. Now, Zivert and Gray, I don't want to go into details in simple terms, uh, at least uh, speaking about um, uh, nuclear uh, terrorism and the, so on, it's just the same. Uh, so one Zivert is 100 rev, 100 rad. It's more or less uh, uh, the same.
1: Okay. Uh, I- well, well, this is good to know because these terms come up and... And even in the newspaper, and they don't necessarily define them or people don't really know what they mean. So it's good to know that one is the absorbed dose and the other one is a unit of the radiation. So we'll talk some more and we'll get into some specifics after the break. What I'd like to talk about before we come back, and you've heard me talk about it before, is COFIX-RX. This is a nasal spray that was invented in response to COVID. Now, we all know there's other viruses out there other than COVID, and there always will be. And the great thing about this, it's not specific to COVID. It's made of iodine and xylitol, both of which have strong antiviral properties. And it's one of these things. It's like having an airbag in your car. It can assure that you're not going to get killed in an accident, but it certainly reduces the impact and keeps the injuries way down. And that's kind of how we feel about Cofix RX. I, I can't swear to you that you'll never get a cold if you use it, but it certainly decreases the amount of viruses and other germs that get up your nose and you catch it early before it has a chance to get down to your throat and lungs. You can find CofixRx pretty much everywhere, and you can check it out on our website. There's a little CofixRx button farther down on the page, and you can click it on, learn more about it, and I love it, I use it, and knock on wood, it's done well for me. And the best part, and I always have to say, is that it was invented in the USA and it's made in the USA. So what could be better than that?
0: Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made CoFixRx nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CoFixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off.
3: The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they've found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body.
1: So now we are back talking about radiation. So we all know and have heard of nuclear bombs being dropped on Japan in the second world war. And we heard stories of what happened to people and some people were direct hits, some people were on the edges. And I'm going to ask Dr. Sokol to describe what happens if you are hit with a nuclear bomb we're kind of going from the worst case scenario and then later on in the show we'll talk about nuclear energy and uh lesser dramatic things but so talk about what happened in Hiroshima and what what studies have been done to see the problems with being hit with a massive dose of ionizing radiation.
2: Okay, so uh, first of all, um, my aim is to to calm people, not to make them uh, anxious. Uh, in spite of this, I have to admit that nuclear. The, the deploy, deployment of uh, nuclear weapons is calamity. I don't don't want to conceal it. This is that is so. However, there is a very very big difference between a calamity, a calamity, and the end of the world. And nuclear weapons being a calamity are by no means end of nuclear world uh end of uh, of this world and uh, uh, more than 60 years ago, uh, Herman Kahn uh, here in the United States uh, wrote uh, several one uh, paper which is uh, uh, freely av- available and then a, a big book uh, on thermonuclear war where he estimated, in my opinion very rigorously, that even in the case of uh, all-out nuclear exchange between the Soviet Union and the United States, in spite of enormous, of millions, maybe tens of millions, of deaths, the life with, will go on. Okay? Now, there is a question of distance and other uh, factors. If a bomb explodes uh, near you, you are killed. However, if the bomb explodes at the distance of uh, five of 50, of 50 meters, you may be killed and maybe not. If the bomb explodes at the distance of 200 meters, let's say, so you can be killed only in a very, very uh, um, unhappy situation. In the case of nuclear weapons, this is the same idea, though the figures are different just uh, for, for example, in Hiroshima, there was one building, a very heavy building. it was a, ce- a central uh, post office of the city with uh, built uh, in uh, earthquake uh, prone uh, design. This uh, building was uh, situated 200 meters, yes, 200 meters from the epicenter. The bomb exploded half a kilometer in the air. One half of the inhabitants of this building at the moment of the explosion survived. So 200 meters from the epicenter, 50% people survived. However, people people that were at open, there were a lot of people who walked uh, outside and so on, 50% of them survived at 2,000 meters distance. It means that this building provided, um, uh, let's say, 100-fold protection. Why I say 100-fold? Since the distance was uh, 10 times more, and let's say the square... Of the total of the let's say why what uh, uh, what we call in uh, uh, in medicine LD50 Uh, uh, yes 50 percent of uh, of uh, samples uh, sorry for this uh, word uh, die so uh, the area in case of the um, heavy uh, built building is. Just one percent of the area that people are killed at open, and if we take in uh, Hiroshima not this very uh, very um, heavily built building, but all kinds of buildings, including uh, just uh, um, just uh, build, uh, b- uh, buildings uh, made of wood. Nevertheless, the uh, the protection factor was about tenfold. So people were tenfold more uh, prone to death or injury outwards than inside uh, the simplest buildings. So that's more or less. Now, regarding the radiation. Uh, the radiation in case of nuclear explosion, I, I would say it's a serious factor, but it's... Sometimes it may be the main factor, usually it is not anyway, it's not the order of magnitude. I mean that the blast kills at least uh, a similar number of people uh, that uh, then radiation kills. By the way, when we speak about uh, thermonuclear bombs, about uh, uh, bombs with uh, megaton yield, the number of people killed by radiation, the relative number of people killed by radiation uh, diminishes is, uh, since uh, the radiation is, uh, uh, um, is absorbed in the atmosphere. But there are these are p- uh, uh, physical details that I'm not sure that uh, we are going to speak about.
1: Well, when the radiation oh. is in the air, How long does it stay in the air? When would you be safe to come out of the building?
2: Uh, Well, uh, uh, Marilyn, I would like to distinguish between two kinds of radiation of nuclear explosion. One radiation is released by the explosion itself. And it goes away after one, two, three seconds. At most three seconds, the radiation uh, is not there. For the most uh, um, uh, powerful explosions, uh, the, uh, uh, the what's called the initial radiation uh, uh, goes away completely in three seconds. However, and this, by the way, uh, this was in Hiroshima and in Nagasaki, where the bombs were exploded about half kilometer in the air. However, if a bomb is, a slow explode, is exploded near the surface, uh, what's called surface burst, then after about half an hour, an hour, radio, radioactive fallout is formed. What happens is uh, that the source, um, uh, from the uh, source and just ground particles go up 10 kilometers high and then fall down. That's why it's called fallout. So um, this is not the case where uh, when the explosion is uh, in the air. Neither in Hiroshima nor in Nagasaki there was fallout. Neither in Hiroshima nor in Nagasaki there was a long-lived uh, radiation. However, if this radiation is formed, then uh, it uh, decays according uh, uh, the law which is called seven-seven uh, ten. It means that uh, after seven, seven hours, the after, let's say one hour is more or less the peak of the radiation, uh, no matter which, uh, what is the value of this peak. After seven hours, this uh, radiation rate goes down by a factor of 10. When the time is increased by uh, seven, it means after 49 hours or approximately two days, the radiation fall, uh, falls uh, out, decays by additional order of magnitude to the uh, level of one percent of the maximum and when the uh, time goes up by once more by a factor of seven it means from two days to two weeks additional order of magnitude it means one uh, one tenth of a percent. Now, uh, speaking practically, without uh, once more going into details, taking the real numbers from real nuclear uh, tests, I can tell that uh, nearly in every place you can go out of a shelter. In two days, one, two days, there is no very big difference. Uh, it's not 100 years of Dr. Strange love, It's one, two days.
1: Well, that's reassuring to know because certainly everything we see in the movies or when people are trying to instill fear, I'm not saying you want to run out of your house and go play in in the radiated air, but uh, that if you're not somebody who had a fallout shelter and could stay in there with food for a year, that you could venture out. And I would certainly imagine you want to at least wear clothing and keep yourself protected and wash the clothing when you came back in, assuming you had a source of water. But that's very reassuring information. Tell me about the injuries and the lifespan of people who were involved in the Japanese bombings. Okay. Okay.
2: When we speak about Japanese bombing, we must remember one uh, thing. There is a a factor well known to epidemiologists which is called survival bias. It means that people who survived some uh, traumatic event have a much longer lifespan. So just as for 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 instance, the Holocaust survivors have much longer lifespan than the usual population. Not because the, these concentration camps were good for their uh, health, just because five percent of people survived them, And not by chance. So uh, the average lifespan of the Japanese A-bomb survivors is higher than in average. Uh, in Japan, so this fact uh, should be taken into account. Now, uh, if we speak about uh, effects of radiation, so, let's say, uh, without without going into details, I can uh, tell, uh, I can summarize uh, in this way. If a person has a radiation sickness, from uh, the uh, radiation, initial fallout radiation, and he survives this radiation sickness. This takes uh, two to eight weeks. If a person didn't die in four in eight weeks, he usually will not die. So, a person who survived the radiation sickness has twice, uh, uh, twice. Um, uh, probability to have lethal cancer uh which is not so much if we th- uh, let's say it's uh, um if we uh, say that the uh, average uh that in uh, the modern society the uh, life shortened. uh uh, shortening due to cancer is estimated as uh, below three years Uh, and uh, so if the chances are uh, twice more so it means that the nuclear uh, radiation uh, shortens by three years uh, the uh, uh, lifespan of those who survived it. Not too pleasant but uh, not what uh, most people think
1: Well, that's true, and uh, one of the big things with radiation sickness, of course, is, and what appears to kill people, is it destroys the bone marrow. The ions change something in the DNA, and so we don't make any blood cells, and now they have things that they give people in renal failure, something called neupogen that kind of helps restore bone marrow and blood cells but certainly if you had if you were susceptible to that 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 might ultimately be the cause of death um i I found it interesting when you talked about survivor bias and that people who survive these traumatic events tend to live longer so you know we can only assume that they survive because they had good protoplasm that they were tough to begin with and sure you know it, it it's kind of a good thing you know let me put my plug back in for eating right and exercising that if we can keep ourselves as healthy as possible that <laughs> you know e- even if even if you have something horrible happen like this and Which, as Dr. Sokol said, this I'm not doing this show to scare you, but everybody's talking about nuclear war now. And so it's good to know that, I mean, not that it's great, but it's not as bad as uh, some of the movies that have come out over the years on the beach and day after tomorrow yes or, you know it's it's well,
2: not on as... the beach is uh, is is exaggeration to i don't know which extent
1: mm-hmm. so it's good to see that well when we come back after the break we're going to talk about something that is a little more down to earth because I think God is with us, and he's not going to have nuclear bombs dropping all over the world. But we do have nuclear power plants, so we are going to talk about that. And it's exciting for me because Dr. Sokol was educated partially in Russia, so he has some pretty firsthand knowledge of the Chernobyl event. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Right now, I just want to thank you for listening to America Out Loud Pulse. You know, we've got the free apps on Apple and Android and Alexa, and you can hear us every weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern with an encore at 11 and on iHeartRadio the next morning at 8 a.m. The best part for me, because everybody can't, always be available at 5pm, is that all the shows go direct to podcast in 24 hours, and the episodes are on lots of the podcast networks, Apple and Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, Stitcher, and iHeart. So make it easy to find, bookmark com forward slash pulse. One of the features of the show is that it's a different person every night. So that keeps it more interesting. I'm on on Mondays. Tuesdays, we've got Dr. Jordan Vaughn and Dr. Stuart Tankersley. Wednesday, we have Dr. Peter McCulloch and Malcolm Outloud. Thursday, we have Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Ross Bregan. And Friday, we now have epidemiologist Dr. Harvey Reisch And Jody O'Malley, who used to be on Friday, has moved to Nurses Out Loud, and that's on Monday through Friday at 10 o'clock Eastern time. So we've got a lot of medical stuff out there for you, and I'm so happy you're listening.
0: AmericaOutloud.com If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The Liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack Tear off the top and shoot it down. Or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD.
1: So. Now we will get back to our nuclear discussion and talk about, well, one, we here in America recently had a big train derailment that had some toxic chemicals. And that's kind of, they carry nuclear material sometimes on trains. So that's the kind of nuclear accident that can happen. And and of course, we heard about dirty bombs, which would be a regular bomb, but it had some nuclear material in it that the terrorists might have and we we're worried about that and nuclear devices. But the and then of course people could get hurt in their own occupation if they're around these various nuclear materials. But the big thing that politicians, good old politics always comes in it, Bernie Sanders is real anti-nuclear, are nuclear power plants. And even with a long history of safety and security, there can be accidents. So the accident that I think most people have heard about is Chernobyl. And I'm going to let Dr. Sokol talk about what happened, what, what the problem was, and what happened to the people who were involved in that. So go ahead, doctor.
2: Okay. Uh, So I would like uh, first to summarize and then to expand. To summarize, as is, Chernobyl was a moderate industrial accident with uh, 30 killed and 150 injured. What made... Chernobyl the real catastrophe was not the ex, was not the accident not the explosion but the overreaction to the radiation now several steps back what happened in Chernobyl could not have happened there was just a coincidence of three uh, factors each of them was impossible. However, I would say that it's uh, what's called normal accidents. There is a, a book of Charles Perrow which called normal accidents. These are normal uh, severe accidents that are impossible. But though they are impossible uh, from the point of view of the uh, probability theory, they happen. So the um, Chernobyl accident was impossible, but it happened. It can also happen in the future, though uh, now it's much less possible than when it happened. Uh, now, the result. As I uh, told to you, 30 killed people, most of them by radiation. Uh, uh, I think at least half of these uh, deaths were uh, uh, caused by very unprofessional managing of the accident when it happened, maybe more than uh, one half. Uh, 180 uh, radiation injuries, Once more, most of them would have been spared in case of uh, professional uh, management. Uh, Three thousand... Sorry, 300,000 people were evacuated and essentially turned to refugees in their own country. 300,000 people... According to the calculations uh, that uh, my team performed several years ago, one tenth of this number should have been evacuated for one month and returned to their homes after one month. That uh, these were the real. Uh, uh, this was the real scale of the accident. Uh, I uh, say once more. say, Severe uh, industrial accident, but such accident uh, happens several times a year around the globe. Uh, that's the situation. The, uh, uh, ah, one one more thing we uh, which is very important. You can hear that the traces of uh, Chernobyl radiation were found all over the world. This is correct. However, I can uh, give you the following uh, example. Uh, I think that all of you, or at least most of you, have microwave uh, oven in their kitchen. And I think that all of you understand that it's a very bad idea to put uh, your head into this oven and uh, switch it on. Uh, what will happen that in just several seconds you you can become blind in what happens when you boil eggs happen to your eyes. Uh, uh, This is one extreme. Another extreme is that you can uh, uh, the microwave oven is about 500 to 1000 watts, but it's the unit of uh, power. Now you can have a one watt transmitter, put it somewhere in South Africa, and usually uh, detect its signal in the United States. So, when people say that the Chernobyl radiation can be traced in Australia, that means that the radiation is so uh, dangerous and so lethal, it's like uh, claiming that because uh, from one side, if you put your head into microwave oven, you will uh, you will immediately nearly immediately get blind and after several minutes die, and say that that the reason then one watt transmitter uh, which is somewhere in South Africa and can be detected in the United States endangers your life. This is more or less the logic.
1: Well, so you're saying the people did not have to be evacuated forever and ever, and don't they? I don't know. Is it still a no-go zone where they have it cordoned off?
2: Yes, it's uh, in my opinion, it's um, purely political move. Uh, another thing that it's uh, more or less. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's say, consensus of the Radiation Protect, uh, Protection Society. However, these Radiation Protection Society, the International Agency for Atomic Energy and the uh, International uh, IC, ICRP, International uh, Commission for Radiation Protection, they never perform cost-effectiveness calculation uh, speaking about uh, evacuations. They speak about Just uh, how to spare people from uh, from potential cancer. They don't think. They just don't take into account what uh, people feel when they leave their homes. What happens to them when uh, they uh, when they lose their work, their their, uh, their friends, and so on.
1: Well, what happened as far as uh, thyroid cancer or other cancers, or did they have birth defects?
2: Okay, uh, let's say so. Birth defects, none. They are, uh, they seek for these birth defects for uh, how it's now nearly 40 years, and there are none. It doesn't mean that there are no birth defects, but no more than in uh, other parts of the uh, Ukraine, or Russia, or Belarus, or France, or any other uh, country. Regarding uh, thyroid cancers, yes, there uh, was a large amount of thyroid cancers, uh, bringing also 15 15 lethal cases. However, uh, first of all, it's 15 lethal cases. Uh, out of let's say thirty million affected uh, population, and uh, my uh, personal estimation, also published in uh, several uh, scientific journals, is uh, that uh, this is the result of over overdiagnosis. It means that uh, thyroid cancer was overdiagnosed, the surgery was performed, and uh, one of four hundred some uh, of one of four hundred such. Surgery is ended in the death of a patient. Uh, 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 There is no increase in non-thyroid cancers. And uh, now it's taken uh, taken nearly for granted that uh, there is huge overdiagnosis of thyroid cancer, not necessarily radiation related. It's huge. Over diagnosis of thyroid cancer and uh, that's the reason why uh, why uh, thyroid cancer was found in uh, Chernobyl in the Chernobyl area since it can be found it can be found just everywhere it's 10 uh, percent of, of population have this uh, popularly uh, adenoma of uh, thyroid gland which is easily must uh, misdiagnosed as uh, thyroid cancer.
1: Oh very interesting. So that's kind of part of the thing even in medicine if you're looking for something whether it's there or not you might find it. Um there there seem to be so many politics behind Chernobyl and and who to blame and and all this and and it's interesting that it is in Ukraine and this is where we're having this war. Uh I I don't know something about it just gives me the chills and gives me the creeps and we talk about the saber rattling and and that Putin says he'll do anything to get Ukraine back and all this do you really think that Putin would use nuclear weapons
2: uh, I think not Uh, I said it from the very beginning, and as a matter of fact, we wrote in an article uh, published back in uh, in 2012 uh, that if uh, nuclear weapons are not used immediately, most probably they will not be used. Uh, Just as an example, uh, towards the end, of the second world war uh, Hitler didn't uh, order to use chemical weapons although german germany had uh, them uh, when the situation is bad such uh, order to with the great probability just will not be carried out uh, One specialist, uh, specialist, uh, Mark Solonin, told in in his lecture that in order that uh, the um, strategic missile with nuclear warhead uh, will be launched, there must be a very um, good uh, collaboration, real-time collaboration of eight high-ranking officers. If one of them doesn't want to collaborate. He has one hundred ways of sabotage, so that it will not be he will not be punished, but the missile will, will not uh, go out. So um, in such situation, the, even if the order will be done, the probability that it will, will not be carried is very high. And if this probability is so high, most probably the order will not be given. Uh, Once more, this this is uh, my interpretation published uh, back more than 10 years ago, unrelated to Ukraine. And I'm still uh, sure that um, it's correct.
1: Well, that's reassuring. And especially to hear from someone who lived in Russia, as well as Israel, two places where war is on people's minds. And it's nice to know, comforting to know, that uh, maybe, maybe peace will be at hand if at least no nuclear bombs, if not peace. Hopefully. I mean, sometimes we wonder... I mean, there's talk talk about a whole nother show just on war and what's in it for you. If there's a war, there's a lot of people that gain a lot of things by having war. And they seem to have no um, concern for everybody who's harmed. And it's just like when you talked about the evacuation of Chernobyl, where people weren't thinking about the psychological issues and um, and the mass evacuation could have been for show. We do so many things here in the United States for political show that have no relation to reality, but most people don't know. Most people don't know these facts. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have the show, where you see real numbers and that... Um, It allows us to read further and realize that a lot of times you can't believe everything the government tells you. Very
2: unfortunately, but yes.
1: And certainly not what the media tells you, because they're just, they like to exaggerate things just for ratings because they want people to listen. Well, I can't tell you how much I learned today and I'm sure our listeners learned and you are just a gift. You're a font of knowledge. And I'm so glad we met. And I thank you again for coming on the show.
2: Thank you very much, Madeline.
1: Okay. And I just want to thank everybody for listening. This, I just love America Out Loud. I like I like the whole website. And of course I like Pulse since I'm a part of it. And if you have any questions, please feel free to send them in to com forward slash pulse and you can send your email, first name is fine, and we'll get an answer to you. I want everybody who's listening just to know that whether you agree or you have other opinions, share the show anyway. And thanks again for listening. And until next week, say it loud. I'm free and I'm proud.